Uh, they rang last night and said they are very, very warm, which is good. But uh, it's great to be in the house of the Lord. I want to share with you some days some thoughts about wisdom. I want to make it a wow sermon because you're a wow-looking group of people in a wonderful wow church, in a great city of Adelaide, which is wow, in a wonderful wow country. I think you've got the drift. Wow, I want to talk about wisdom. I want to talk about the worth of wisdom, W-O-W, wow. The wonder of wisdom, W-O-W, wow. And what of wisdom, W-O-W, wow. And I hope that at the end of this message, you will go, wow, thank you, God, for the spiritual wisdom that he gives us so freely. What is wisdom? It's certainly not knowledge. You and I know a lot of people who have a lot of knowledge, but they certainly haven't got wisdom. Knowledge is just facts and knowledge is, uh, is just understanding, but wisdom is a totally different thing. Wisdom is sound judgment and discernment. Wisdom is living life from God's point of view, from God's word. It's the ability to use the truth and knowledge of God's word for our own lives and for the lives of others that we can build with stability. It's applying God's word to our lives. We're not talking about the wisdom of the world. We're talking about spiritual wisdom, God's wisdom that he gives us freely. And wow, isn't it wonderful to have the wisdom of God in our lives? If you've got your Bibles, it's good for you to have your Bibles. I know the screen's wonderful, but it's good to open the word of God, to rustle the pages, to turn them over. And it's good to read it. So I want you to turn to Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 13 as we're looking at the worth of wisdom. What is wisdom worth? Is wisdom worth having? Is it just something that we read in the Bible and then we put it aside? But we should be using, we need to have wisdom. In this world, we need to have wisdom 24-7 every day of our life for every situation to apply God's wisdom to every area of our life. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 13, and this is the worth of wisdom. And it says this, Blessed is the man or woman who finds wisdom. That word find infers that you're going to have to look for it. Where do we find it? In the Word of God. We've got to read the Word of God. We've got to open up the Word of God. Not just in church, not just on the screen, but in our own lives, in our own homes. I always have a small Word of God in my car. So that if I'm waiting for grandchildren to be picked up from school or I've got a few minutes, I can read the Word of God. Have one in your kitchen. Have one in the bedroom. Have one in the lounge room. So that the Word of God is saturating your heart and your soul. Who can find wisdom? We need to find spiritual wisdom in God's Word. The man who gains understanding... The man who gains understanding for wisdom is more profitable than silver and gold. Let me read those words again. Verse 13. Blessed is the man or woman who finds wisdom. The man who gains understanding, though it costs you all. 
Though it costs your time, though it costs your effort, though it costs you all with all things, find wisdom. For wisdom is more profitable than silver. You can get onto the stock exchange when you get home and find out how much silver is worth. And silver, for it's more profitable. Wisdom is far more profitable than silver. That speaks of a gain. It, It speaks of a surplus. It speaks of excess. And it yields better returns than gold. It produces and it provides. Wisdom is wonderful. It's wonderful. And so we need to be searching for her. We need to understand that she's profitable and she yields better return than gold. She's more precious than rubies. Wisdom is more precious than rubies. And nothing that you desire can compare with with her. Back in these days, rubies were extremely costly. And here the psalmist is writing that wisdom is far more precious than rubies, far more precious than gold, far more precious than silver. And nothing you can desire, not one thing that you can desire is more precious than she is. The worth of wisdom. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honour. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who embrace her. What do you do if you want to embrace somebody? If you want to embrace your grandchildren, you have to come in close and you have to place your arms around them. That's what we should be like with wisdom. We should come in so close and embrace our arms around the wisdom of God, around the Word of God, around the riches that we find in Him. And those who lay hold of her will be blessed. We need to lay hold. We need to make a decision in our life to take hold of God's Word. We need to make a decision in our life to go for spiritual wisdom, to look at His wisdom out of the Word of God before we rely upon our own wisdom or the world's wisdom. But we need to run into God's presence. We need to pray to Him. We need to ask Him. We need to read His Word and find His wisdom. Proverbs 4 and chapter 5 says this, get wisdom and get understanding. It doesn't say if you feel like it. It doesn't say you're in the mood. You don't have to on Monday, but you might need wisdom by Friday. It says the Word of God says get wisdom. There's a lot of things that we have to go and get. We have to go and get the groceries. We have to go and pick up the children from school. We have to go to the shop. We have to get this. We have to get that. But the Word of God says get wisdom. Get wisdom, the worth of wisdom. It's better getting wisdom than anything else you can get. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget wisdom, excuse me, wisdom's words or swerve away from them. Do not forsake wisdom, for wisdom will protect you. Love wisdom and she will watch over you. Wisdom is supreme, therefore get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, That's a big statement. Though it costs you all you have. 
The Word of God says, get understanding, get wisdom, esteem wisdom, and she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honour you. And wisdom will set a garland of grace on your head and present you with a crown of splendour. Wow. Is there an amen in the house? Wow. 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 Wisdom. Wisdom is sound judgment and discernment. Wisdom is seeing and living life from God's point of view, from God's word, not from our own ideas, our own thoughts, not what's on the television, not what's in the paper, not from other people's opinions, but from God himself, his wisdom. Amen. Amen. It's so easy, it's so plain, it's so clear, but we so often don't do it. But I want us to be encouraged today at this halfway of the year that we will take wisdom, we will embrace her, we will honour her, we will just develop our lives in God's wisdom. The first wow we have, the worth of wisdom. It's worth everything that you and I have. Though it costs us the world, the Word of God says, get wisdom, get wisdom. Secondly, the second wow is the wonder of wisdom. This is absolutely amazing, the wonder of wisdom. If you could turn with me to James in chapter 1. James in chapter 1, reading from verse 2. says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and my sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. How's that for a verse? If you want to be mature and you want to be complete, know that there is going to be a testing of your faith. But that testing will develop perseverance and perseverance will finish its work in your life so that you may be mature. That word mature means that we will be balanced and fully developed and so that we will be complete, not lacking anything. Here James says, not lacking anything. And then in verse 5 he says this, but if perhaps any of you do lack wisdom, he doesn't say if you lack love, He doesn't say if you lack peace, but he does say in verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, and here's the wonder of wisdom, he should ask God, how easy is that? How wonderful, wow, is that? I don't have to make an appointment. I don't have to go to the library, the Christian library, and get 1,500 books to ask God. I don't have to cry out. I don't have to lay prostrate on the floor. I don't have to climb Mount Everest to prove my love for God. If I'm looking for wisdom, if I need wisdom, the Word of God says, ask God. Come on, church. We're in church. Now, I know when you're at the football, you're... We're in the house of God. This is so wonderful. God could have, God in his infinite wisdom, knowing us and who we are and what kind of people we are like. He says, all you have to do is ask of me. That's all you've got to do. 
And we sit there and we worry and we read and we go to this one and that one. Look, it's great to do those things. But God says, just ask of me, hello, I'm here. And after six weeks and 25 days and we're stressed out, we're taking vitamin pills, we're out for prayer, we go, oh, I could have asked God. Because he is the source of all wisdom. What a wonderful God we have. This is the wonder, the wonder of wisdom, that if you are lacking wisdom, you can cry out to God. It might be a problem that you know is coming up. It might be a situation. You know, things can happen suddenly in our lives. But in that suddenness, in that split second, we can cry out to God. We can ask the Holy Spirit and He gives us wisdom. It's wonderful. It's worth getting excited about. Otherwise, you've got to go to a psychologist, psychiatric guy. You've got to seemingly wise people. You're going to pay a lot of money. And God says, ask me. What a wonder that is. Isn't our God marvellous? He does so much for us and we just don't get it. We just don't get it. Because we as human beings like to complicate it. Because if it gets complicated, and if we have to do things, and if we have to go somewhere, and if we have to do this and do that, then we are now in works and we feel very proud and confident in what we've done. But God says, ask me. Let's take a step of faith. The Bible says that we can come into the throne of grace boldly. We can come in there. And we can ask of God and he gives to us freely his wisdom. Who's ever had to go and ask for help? I'm the only one. No, that's good. That's good. Have you ever gone to ask for help? Don't we get a bit nervous because you feel a bit of silly? You think, they're going to think I'm really dumb. You would have thought that she would have known that, but she hasn't got a clue. Yet all those things go through our mind. God does not think that when we come to him. He is waiting for us to come to him because we are his children. We're his sons and we daughters. And he loves to have his children come and ask him questions. How many of you as parents or grandparents say, if you don't know, come and ask me? How many of you said that? We all have. You don't know, come and ask me. But we see our children, they go off, or the grandchildren, they go and do something on their own. You go, oh, if you just asked me, I could have saved you this problem and that trouble, and this wouldn't have happened and that wouldn't have happened. That's why we have the Bible, the Word of God, because it's, in not, it's an instruction book. It teaches us how to live. That's why God says, read my Word, get wisdom from my Word, listen to my Holy Spirit, because what can take you five minutes, if you don't know what you're doing, can take you 300 And 50 million minutes. In fact, you won't do it. Home handyman, look at all the trouble we have. Because we don't follow instructions. And so here God says, the wonder of wisdom. He says, if any of you lack wisdom, just ask God. Come to me. Enter into my throne room freely. Because I will give generously to you without finding fault. You know when you go and ask someone something and you know you should know what it is, but you haven't got a clue. And then when they start to tell you, you're feeling smaller and smaller and smaller. They've got that little bit of an attitude about them. Ah, she is really dumb. She really hasn't got a clue. She really doesn't know what to do. 
But God doesn't do that. Here James says that we should ask of God who gives generously to all without finding fault. He doesn't say he comes Gabe and Nathan again. Wasn't she just here last week? Wasn't she just here last night? Didn't I hear her asking all those questions, worrying about things? All she's got to do is come to me. All we've got to do is come to our God who gives to us generously, doesn't find a fault. And it says, and it will be given to ask. But when we ask, we must believe and not doubt because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. We should be confident because of the blood of Jesus Christ that you and I can walk into the presence of Almighty God. Our God is with us. He is with us. You and I do not walk this journey of life alone. God is with us. We should be constantly talking to Him, praying to Him, praising Him, singing unto Him. He is the closest person. He's the closest being that we have. He's closer than a husband or a wife. He's closer than anyone in this whole world. Our God is with us, but we don't talk to Him. We don't ask Him because we're so keen of going off on our own way, doing our own thing. We've got the better idea. We know what to do instead of going to our Father, our Father, Going to our Father who loves us with an everlasting life, who sent His Son to die for you and for me. He's done everything He can, but still we don't come and ask of Him. How it must break the Father's heart. It must break His heart to see His children going this way and going that way and asking this one and reading this and reading that. And He says, I'm here. Come and ask of me. I'm not going to find fault in you. I'm not going to mock you. I'm not even going to laugh at you. I'm going to gather you in my arms and we will sit together and you can talk to me about everything and anything. The wonder of wisdom, the worth of wisdom is it's above rubies. It's so wonderful and marvellous. We can't even put a price on it. Wisdom, God's wisdom And the wonder of wisdom is that we can come and we can ask him. So what is wisdom? Just turn with me to James in chapter 3. What is wisdom? James in chapter 3 says this. Who is, um, chapter 3, I'll just start reading from verse 13 and it says this. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life and by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbour bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come from heaven but is earthly, unspiritual and of the devil. But where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven what we're speaking about today, the wisdom that comes from heaven is first pure. Wisdom is always pure. We're talking about wisdom. Wisdom is pure. It is cleansed from all wrongdoing and selfish desires. There is no mixture in wisdom. There's no mixture. Wisdom is so pure. It's like that gold that has gone through the fire again and again. It's cleansed from all wrongdoing. There's no selfish desires in it. 
It, isn't the, it, it doesn't choose this or choose that way. But wisdom has no mixture in it at all. God's word is pure. You can trust God's wisdom. Wisdom is also peace-loving. It builds right relationships between God and people. We need to be peace-loving people. You remember back in the 70s? Who lived through the 70s? Peace man. Remember that? I used to love those Indian thongs. I wish I had those Indian thongs still. Remember? We used to love those thongs. We were, we were down in Tasmania. Um, actually, Ben was born down in Devonport down there. Uh, <laughs> and um, we were leading a, a youth group down there. It was a new church plant and we started off with 12 people and with 18 months there were about 150 people, mainly kids. There was a real youth, if they, you remember, you're old enough to remember that, the Youth Jesus Revolution and uh, it was all happening and we had the coffee shop and the guitar and we'd come, the kids had come in off the streets into the coffee shop and we'd sing some Christian songs. We won't sing them now because they were pretty cute back then and um, not quite as complicated as what they are now and then uh, Paul usually would get up in the corner with his car and he'd, he'd preach and you know the bikies had come in and the hippies had come in they'd all be born again and they'd bring their friends and it was it was all happening but there, there was a place there just outside of Devonport called Lemon Time that no one lived in at all and there are about two or three hundred hippies that came over from Melbourne and they actually um, made their home in lemon time. The only thing was there was nothing there but just scrub. And a lot of them were very wealthy kids. Um, they were, you know, 25 uh, adults. And uh, they had left their homes and their families and their good jobs. And they were going to live the life in lemon time. Uh, but unfortunately, there were no facilities there, no toilets, no water. Well, there was nothing, actually. It was just very, very beautiful scrub. And so um, there's two or three hundred. They just landed, uh, this whole group of them, and uh, they're all having babies, and it was all happening back in the hippie days. And uh, anyway, then lemon time, and so the council, the Devonport Council, had to come and put toilets in and put water supply on. So their, their wanting to go back to basics ended up, it wasn't working very well because there were so many of them, and they did need toilets and all these all these other things. And so, but these people came down because they were peace-loving. They were peace-loving. They wanted to get away from Melbourne, you know, the rat race. And I said, I'm going back in 1973, so it's a long time ago. But wanting to get away so they could find peace. They wanted peace and they thought they'd find peace amongst the trees and the bush. And they thought they'd find peace with Mother Earth. And it was right back to you know, all that sort of thing. They were having babies and putting them in the river and it was just, it was just all happening. We saw quite a, quite a few of them come to the Lord and they, they were born again. But they were trying to be peace-loving and they thought they could find peace in this place, but they didn't find peace. There were squabbles, there were dramas, there were problems. And often in the local Devonport paper, the police had to go to Lemon Time to solve problems and difficulties for these young people who wanted to find peace, wanted to find peace. So peace doesn't come in what we do. Peace doesn't come to the place that we go. We can't make peace. But here the word of God said in James, it says that first of all, wisdom is pure and then it's peace loving. We have to be lovers of peace. Have you ever met people that like a good argument? 
Have you ever let, you know, that kind of person that it doesn't matter what you say to them, they're in for a, an argument. They want to have a bit of a blue. They, they love it if there's war and they get very excited. It's been a good day because they told somebody off and they put them back in their place and you just feel exhausted when you're talking to them. They're not peace loving. But God wants us to be peace loving. He wants us to be lovers of peace because Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. But to be the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ had to die upon a cross so he could become the Prince of Peace because we were at enmity with God. But as his arms were outstretched, as his blood was shed upon that cross, peace came. Peace loving comes with a price. Sometimes you've got to keep your mouth shut. No amens there. Sometimes you've got to keep your mouth shut. We need the wisdom of God when to speak and when to hold our peace. We need the wisdom of God when to put an arm around someone and when sometimes people just have to find out some things of their own, but we're there to pick them up. We need the wisdom of God. We need to be reading his word to find out how we should live. And we need to be peace-loving. Wisdom is peace-loving. Wisdom is, con is considerate and it's gentle. Wisdom applies the principles of God and the standards of God with gentleness. Jesus was gentle. Jesus didn't come to those that he was ministering to and say, right. This is what I used to do with my children. Actually, none of them. No, Warren's here. This is one little person over there. So my boys would always go, because I've got three, three boys and one daughter. There were six years between Ben and our youngest, Kimberly, so we were reasonably busy. So I can remember I'd come out, because you'd hear them. They used to be giggling and laughing. The next minute, it's on. And um, something happened. Whatever happened, it's on. And I can remember I used to walk out. I was do use my hips a fair bit, I'd walk out and I'd go, right, that's it, get in here now. And Ben still makes fun and he says, Mom always goes, right, that's in, get in here now. And he'll still say, when Mum says that, we're in big trouble. And you'd have to discipline them. But wisdom's discipline, wisdom is considerate and it's gentle. We need to be gentle. I've learned over the years that a gentle touch has far more effect than something hard coming down. It's a gentle touch. And I'm so grateful that wisdom. Jesus is wisdom. The Holy Spirit is wisdom. I'm so grateful that God's wisdom is gentle. God doesn't come in with a stick. God doesn't come to us and want to hit us. God doesn't come in and just want to pummel us into the ground and punish us, which he had every right to do. We were destined for eternal damnation. We were destined for hell. But God in his wisdom sent us Jesus Christ, the wisdom of God. Whoever would have thought of that? God in himself sent Jesus Christ for God so loved you and me. For God so loved the world that he sent Jesus. That we wouldn't perish. That we would have eternal life. Jesus bore the pain. Jesus 
bore our sins. Jesus was crucified. His side was, was struck with a spear. He was beaten. He was bruised. It was not gentle, but our salvation that we received, it's so gentle. It's sweetness. It's like honey to our soul. It's like the balm of Gilead. It, God just comes in and he puts his arms around us and he lifts us to himself. It's gentle, it's considerate. Wisdom is gentle and considerate. Wisdom is submissive. Usually makes the church go quiet. <laughs> Wisdom is submissive. What does submissive mean? It's easy. People have complicated the word submissive. If you weren't submissive here today, I wouldn't be speaking here because we'd all be talking. We'd all be talking. If we weren't submissive on the road, I'd only just have to pull my car out and I would already have a crash and you would have a crash. We're submissive to the red light. We're submissive to the green light. Submission brings safety. I'm not talking about how people can take it into excess and how people can use it for their own evil means. I'm talking about godly submission. It's for our protection. Submission is a willingness to fit in with. It's a willingness to listen to advice and reason. It's just being teachable. The world has taken submission and just made it into this horrendous thing. Now, I know it can be used and it can be abused, but Jesus submitted himself to his Father. The word is used, submission. He submitted his, himself to his Father. And you and I need to submit ourselves to our Heavenly Father. And the Bible also says that we submit to each other. There's people in this congregation that know far more than I do. There's people in this congregation who have lived lives that have got really good helpful hints for me. I know when we were young and we, we had our children and we were pastoring, I used to go to other pastors' wives and go, can you just give me a few hints? Can you just help me? Do you, do you know something that will help me? And I can remember there were a couple of pastors' wives, one, one pastor's wife and it's especially, said to me, she said, oh, well, my dear, I had to learn the hard way and show will you. And I went, wasn't helpful at all. And I thought, so I've got, I, I'm doing it hard now. Now, you mean there's more harder? And, and I just walked away and I thought, this woman had a wealth, a wealth of years. She had a wealth of pastoral ministry. And I just wanted, just, just a grain of salt would have been enough, just a little bit. But no, 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 no. She said, I had to learn the hard way and so will you. And I thought, oh, oh. And I did have to learn that. No, I didn't. I had some wonderful women that came around me and helped me. So wisdom is submissive. We need to submit ourselves to each other. Submit ourselves to the hand of God. Submit ourselves to his word. Wisdom is submissive, that we will remain teachable in the presence of each other and the presence of God. Wisdom is full of mercy and good faith. Mercy just means God does not give us what we deserved. God doesn't give us what we deserved. Wisdom is full of mercy and good fruit. Um, the mercy is a wonderful thing, the mercy of God. Jesus came and he died. He gave himself 
that which we did not deserve. Jesus Christ himself, he gave himself for you and for I. And wisdom is full of good fruit. Galatians 5, 23 says it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and, and, and self-control. Just that alone. We could spend the next three years just on those verses alone. Just on the good fruit. Wisdom has good fruit. Wisdom is impartial. It's fair. There's no bias. It's fair. It's sincere. It's fair and there's no bias. Sincerity. It doesn't pretend to be what it is not. It's not two-faced, nor does it wear a mask. It never plays a part to get its own way. The wisdom of God. The wisdom of God. You and I need God's wisdom 24-7, seven days a week, every day of our lives. We need the wisdom of God because we're just not that smart. We're not smart enough. We really aren't. I'm not being offensive. We're just not. The things that the world throws up, the things that we see, the situations that we're in, we need the spiritual wisdom of our God and he wants to give give it to us freely. The wisdom of God. The worth of wisdom. The wonder of wisdom. The what of wisdom. All we can say is, wow. Wow. Thank you, God, for your wisdom. Thank you, God, for your word. Thank you, God, for your Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, that your wisdom comes to us freely. Thank you. Thank you, God. And so in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 8, it says this, For this reason, since the day we heard of you, For this reason, since the day we heard of you. This is the word of God speaking to you. This is the word of God speaking to me. The apostle Paul says, for this reason, since the day we heard of this church, for this reason, since the day we heard of you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. We pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord, that you may please him in every way, that you will bear fruit in every good work, that you will grow in the knowledge of God, and that being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. This is God's wisdom. This is God's word speaking to you and to me right now in this place. Right now. That we would have, wanting, he's asking that God will have and to fill us It's not just having a little bit of wisdom. It's being filled with wisdom, with spiritual wisdom of God. That we will have it. That we can please him. That we can live a life worthy of the Lord. That we will bear fruit. That we will grow. That we will be strong. 
according to his glorious might, that we will have endurance, that we will have patience, that we will be joyful, and that we will be giving thanks to the Father in all things. Wow. 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 The worth of wisdom, the wonder of wisdom, the what of wisdom. God wants to give to you and I as we come and ask of him the wisdom that we need, the understanding that we need, and we need to be reading his word. We need to be fellowshipping together. We need to be listening to each other. All those things because of the wow, the wonder, the worth, and the what of wisdom. Let's pray, shall we?